This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss, a podcast where we watch our way through the Disney animated classics and try not to fall apart while doing it. I am Alexia. And I'm Galley, and we're barely holding it together. (laughs) It's true, because (laughs) we're... Okay, I kind of just want to start immediately, because we're doing Pinocchio. It's the second Disney animated classic. It came out in 1940, so this is three years after Snow White. Um... And I'm going to start the way that Galley did with my nice summary. And then we're going to get into the actual thing about this movie. Okay. (laughs) One night, a blue fairy descends from the stars to grant a wish made by a woodcutter named Geppetto. He wished that the puppet he carved, named Pinocchio, would become a real boy. She partially grants his wish and gives the puppet life, assigning Jiminy Cricket to be his conscience. After being smooth-talked by a street criminal, Pinocchio and Jiminy embark on an epic adventure of trials and terrors in an attempt to prove that Pinocchio is not just worthy of life, but worthy of being a real boy. So that's that summary. That's a description. That's a description of what occurs in this movie. But let's let's, let's okay. hear how you really feel. A woodcarver who has entirely too many clocks, carves a puppet, makes a wish, and has it granted by a fairy who appoints an interrupting insect to just guide him around the world, which goes exactly as it sounds like it would go. He immediately bumps into it, gets taken in by a street con who sells him to the creepiest marionette show I have ever heard of, which is an incredible accomplishment because marionette show in and of itself is like a creepy phrase. So it's like, if yours is the worst, it's like, what did you do? Um, And while he's there, he... Pinocchio immediately learns how to lie, gets in trouble, gets locked up in a cage, has to be rescued, not by his conscience, but by the magic fairy again. And having learned absolutely nothing, he immediately trusts Regina George again, who sells him to a dude who takes him to an island where the boys are turned into donkeys to be sold into slave labor for salt mines and circuses. He eventually escapes with a tail and ears because he didn't quite get swallowed in by it. And he got home. And because nobody in this place can make a good choice, he finds out that not only has Geppetto left home to look for him, he has gotten a ship and gone to sea to look for him and somehow got fucking Jonah. So this puppet has to go to the middle of the ocean to rescue an old man a cat and a goldfish and then dies in the effort and so the same fairy who started this whole thing comes back and decides to fully grant her wish make him a real boy so he can get into even more trouble that is what this movie is about yes that is we have so much to talk about i am this movie and i'm so mad and but, before I think before we get into it, I also want to mention like what this movie is based on. Please do. And then I want to read a little bit about the movie, yes. like what it was about before we um, like the themes of the film before we get into what it was about. So tell me your stuff so I can <sighs> drink water and calm down. So this is this is me not doing a whole ton of research. So again, Disney Welcome fans. to the club. Yeah, please please don't at me here or when you Um, add us tell us the the, just tell us true things and and we'll learn yeah correct us politely we're happy to learn Uh uh-huh 
But uh, The Adventures of Pinocchio was originally an Italian short story, I believe. It was in, um, it it first appeared as a serial in a children's magazine back in 1883. So I believe they had kids' magazines back then. Oh, yeah. I I think the Italian title is um, Le Adventure di Pinocchio. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. Storia di un burattino. My Italian is absolutely horrible. But it's The Adventures of Pinocchio, the story of a puppet. And okay. I'm just going to go off of uh, my understanding of Walt Disney and his understanding of copyright law. And I'm going to say Walt never got any type of permission uh, when he not. made this movie, when he made Snow White or anything like that, and probably just assumed eh, it was published back in 1883. I can take it. It's mine. Were they in the public domain? I don't know what the expiry on this all is. It was also published in Italy, so I also wouldn't be surprised uh, if, like, well, it's fine. Oh, actually, it was translated. Um, and the English language version first appeared in 1892. Okay. So it was adopted for film, um, but I'm not entirely sure how much permission Disney got for it because he was known to just be like, this is now mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to read you some stuff that I yanked right off the Wikipedia that is wild to me. All right. So M. Keith Booker, who is an author, um, editor, and critic, considers the film to be the most down-to-earth of the Disney animated films, despite its theme, song, and magic, and noted that the film's protagonist has to work to prove his worth, which he remarked seemed more in line with the ethos of capitalism than most of the Disney films. I would highly disagree. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Uh, Nicholas Salmon argues that the film is an apt metaphor for the metaphysics of mid-century American child rearing and that the film is ultimately an assimilation fable. He considered it to be the central Disney film and the most strongly middle class, intended to relay the message that indulging in the pleasures of the working class of vaudeville or of pool halls and amusement park led to a life as a beast of burden. For Salmon, the purpose of Pinocchio is to help convey to children the middle-class virtues of deferred gratification, self-denial, thrift, and perseverance naturalized as the experience of the most average American. Frank S. Nugent of the New York Times gave the film five out of five stars, saying, Pinocchio is here at last, is every bit as fine as we had prayed it would be, if not finer, and that it is as gay and clever and delightful a fantasy as any well-behaved youngster or jaded oldster could hope to see. So I understand the context of the word gay uh, in this, <laughs> this time is very different, but I would argue that Snow White was a gayer film than Pinocchio. In both senses. In both senses, yeah. That is, so I love it because they're basically saying, um, we like Pinocchio because it discourages people from having fun. A hundred percent. That is exactly the point of it. It's like, yeah, this movie is great because it promotes capitalism and tells people that they shouldn't have fun even when they're kids. So I'm, I have no idea, obviously, who these people are who made these these reviews, other than they're old and famous and all of that. But I wouldn't be uh-huh. surprised if they also went into like politics and they now are like in our Congress or something like that, because those are very common themes. Let's. Let's make sure that the working class doesn't have too much fun. The one guy that I looked up is definitely just an old white dude with a beard. So, like, wouldn't be surprised. But he's not in politics. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so I that mean. Is, 
that is my fun background information on this movie, which considering that I got mad about the ridiculousness of the plot alone, the fact that they were like, let's make a movie to tell people how awful fun is as a child is just <sighs> ridiculous. And like, and the movie, it takes 30 minutes of this movie, which is also 90 minutes for them to leave the toy shop. I minutes. I wrote that down too about how once again, the plot that we remember of this movie, like when you're just thinking about it, doesn't mm-hmm. happen until you're about midway, mid-ish way through or the movie. Or more, even. Yeah. So, um, did you, do you remember watching this movie as a kid? I do. I remember watching it as a really young child, and this is my least favorite Disney movie because it terrified me as a child. The The way that the animation was done was super, super dark. And there are multiple scenes in there where I know they were kind of supposed to scare you. Right. But I think I was scared for the wrong reasons. And it was because sure. we'll get to them. But like this, this, this was a horror movie for me as a child. I have a lot to say about Pleasure Island when we get there. And I want to kind of save that for last. Yeah. Um, and all I'm going to say about it for now is that it upset me way more as an adult than it did as a child and oh, I like yeah. I this is gonna this is like a tiny weird spoiler but like I teared up at the Lampwick thing as, a, as an adult because I was just like the trauma like what the fuck but I want to get to that later because that is about 50% of my notes is based on the Pleasure Island shit because the, a bunch of it is problematic as well in the yeah. movie but that part in particular was part of what I remember the most vividly from watching it as a kid you know what I did enjoy though about when when the movie starts uh-huh I liked seeing the RKO logo. I I like seeing all of these old yeah. logos. I like seeing the doggos, like the oh. old old ones. I can't think of the other one. I'm thinking of what has the big V. Is it this V? Oh god, I can't remember. But yeah, it is nice to see all these like rec- like things of a bygone era mm-hmm. come up. And I mean, again, you know, we start off immediately with this immediately identifiable style of animation, which is so visibly hand drawn. Mm-hmm. even when you replicate it with the computer now it can look like that but it's like there's no way to I, I don't even know what it is I don't even know how I would tell a computer like oh it's not enough blah to look human it I just don't know what it is there's just something about it where I'm like yeah that was done by humans that's Andron yeah it's uh it, it is really interesting the way that um hand-drawn cells you you just you cannot mimic it you you still you right. can get it close to there but you can't get yeah. it 100% no did you also peep in the uh, in the beginning when we see when we're introduced to Jiminy Cricket a couple of um, future Disney books in the background? No, be- films. Because as I wrote in my notes, I don't care about this bug. Like he just started talking, and I was just like, "Oh, I don't care about your story." Which is about ten yeah. minutes of the intro, by the way. It's just him telling us how he's broken cold and got to this toy shop. So no, I did not see the future ones. You are much more observant and smarter than I am. Which ones did you see? <laughs> I saw Alice in Wonderland and okay. Peter Pan. Those are both yeah, yeah, in the yeah. background. And if I were a conspiracy theorist, I would think that this is intentional because I know 100%. that after Snow White, Snow White was a massive, massive hit for mm-hmm. Disney. So Walt was coming up with a whole bunch of um, new ideas for films. And I believe at the same time that he was coming up with Pinocchio, he was also talking about uh, Bambi. And Bambi had yep. like failed and was going through different iterations. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan were also on that list. And that's right. why we see it in here. 
So I just did a quick look up of the Wikipedia on Peter Pan, and it says, In 1935, Walt Disney first expressed interest in adapting J.M. Barry's play Peter Pan as his second animated feature after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm -hmm. But it didn't quite pan out, which is why I think they went with Pinocchio or something. Yeah, um, Peter Pan ended up coming out, by the way, listeners, in 1953, so um, 13 years after Pinocchio. So stay tuned for that episode, because we have... Oh, that's going to be a fun discussion. I already have a lot to say about what made the Red Man Red, and I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yes. Um... So anyway, going back, back to, to Pinocchio, Pinocchio um, which is also problematic. Yeah. It, so this isn't exactly problematic, but boy, sure. is it a weird line to have. We're introduced to a talking cricket mm-hmm. who says, I bet you folks don't believe in miracles or dreams. And it's like, you're a cricket. You're a cricket telling me this. Why would I not believe anything at this right. point? Like you, you've set the precedent pretty well that I should believe in literal nonsense because that is what you are doing yeah i also would like to understand more about this cricket um he talks about being homeless aren't, aren't all, all crickets homeless that's kind of what i wanted to, uh, to wonder about and that's why i was like i do not care about your story man it doesn't even make sense like what are you what is this blundering discussion and who fixes their tiny cricket shoes like why are there cricket clothes well clearly nobody because his are all busted his are busted. Maybe it's a blue. Okay, we'll get into the blue fairy in a minute. But I'm wondering oh, if there's yeah. a whole like network of blue fairies and crickets, like this weird fae land. Yeah, that, that and like exists. he was a reject from a class a long time ago, which is why he's been wandering so long because he was like a guide dog that didn't pass his classes. You know what I bet it was? I bet that Jimmy Cricket had like a job, and his job gave him responsibilities, and was like, "Hey, don't flee." when you can't do your responsibilities and jiminy cricket being the cricket that he is was just got overwhelmed and was like nope well, i'm, I'm gonna off. do that yeah i also want to get to jiminy cricket is just awful but geppetto is just stupid because he lives in a shop full of clocks that all went off at the same time by the way i hit every single one of those clocks and he goes i wonder what time it is Right. I got that too. I wrote that note down too. I'm like, why, why do you have the cuckoo clocks if you're not going to listen to them coo? Yeah. Well, all 100 of them just informed you that it's whatever o'clock at night and you're like, oh, whatever time it is. He also looks at a puppet, a full puppet with strings and no mouth and goes, he almost looks alive. He needs to adjust his prescription immediately. Pinocchio, I truly think, once again proves that no eyebrows makes you look like a serial killer. Mm-mm. That it's puppet had look. no eyebrows, and it was horrifying. It Again, not a good look. But a good oh, piece he... of wood. <laughs> uh, that, that's Another literally what Jiminy Cricket says. Line. <laughs> yeah. Another super weird line. Uh, this this whole thing is is weird because you you we start with this homeless cricket going off about nothing yeah. and then he takes us to the store with a million clocks and then this dude wishes on a star which is like okay that's like the most normal part of the entire thing <laughs> and then it immediately gets weird again when the fairy appears but the weirdness of the fairy passes really quickly because when Pinocchio asks what a conscience is, Jiminy Cricket just immediately interrupts that whole conversation to be like, I'll tell you what a conscience is, you dummy. And then just interrupts and gets himself a job, which is like the whitest move ever. 
I also, I made a note about that because um, I was like, this, this wooden boy has just been born and yeah. Jiminy Cricket gets angry at him for not understanding the definition of a word. He gets angry at a newborn for not understanding yeah. a concept of something when it's very impressive that this wooden creature is suddenly able to talk and has like a sense of self and understands most other things. I felt like that was very nitpicky. Super nitpick in who the hell is he to talk? Because whenever they're in like a panicky style situation or something bad's happening, his immediate response is to be like, please, your honor, like I didn't do it, it's not me, and runs. Like, yeah. so Mr. Literal Guilty yes. Conscience is our is, li- is as you said, lecturing a newborn about not understanding a conscience. Yeah. Jiminy Cricket is also the worst character. Because anytime something bad happens, he just fucks off. As soon as, as soon as he doesn't, as soon as someone doesn't listen to what he says, or as soon as he's like not fully in control of the situation, Jiminy Cricket is like, well, I'm outie. I guess I need to abandon everyone. And or victim blames where he's like, oh, you'd rather listen to this person than me? Well, fine. Like, that's not how conscience life works, man. Your job is to be like, okay, well, here's why what you're doing is wrong. But instead, he's just like, well, I'm going to fuck off. Like, I can see why you were homeless now, dude. You, like, you just, you take a job for 12 minutes and you're like, nope, yeah. I'm done. Oh, I just remembered. Did you notice that when Geppetto is like, I wonder what time it is when all of his clocks go off, he looks at his pocket watch. Yes. Because the ones on the wall clearly aren't the right time. So animation tidbit here. They made all of those cuckoo clocks in real life so that the animators could oh get a better God. sense of what they looked like. What How was annoying even the was point? that workshop? What was even the point? Oh, if, yeah, that's a better if point. If the movie's just like, we, they exist, we're going to focus on them. There's some that are real. I, I drew the funniest one to me, which is the woman spanking the boy. Yes, that one is wildly yeah. weird. Which, I, they're all weird and I hate them all. I do too. There wasn't a think- single one that I liked. Did you also get the sense that Geppetto was just kind of a drunk? Yes. Like, he smokes a pipe in bed. Yeah. What do you think he was smoking? I'm not thinking it was tobacco, because he just passed right out after it. So Correct. And he also got the kind of, he immediately takes a hit, puts out his candle, and is like, oh, cat, I didn't open the window, which is probably, if I sat up, I could open it. How about you and your cat self get your entire body over there to open it for me? Oh, Fig- Figaro really, really is the heart of this movie. Figaro tries, he is his, he is Geppetto's cat, and he tries his hardest to do everything in this movie. Like, Be a good cat. Is, that is the best cat, and he doesn't act like a cat. If I no. told my cat, hey, I, sorry, I forgot to open the window. Do you know what my cat's going to do? Nothing. Look at me and then lay his head back down and sleep. Yeah, if I say Leto, open the window, he'll look at me because I said his name. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't expect your dogs or your cats to just do things, but apparently this one does. This one does. And then immediately when he sees the wishing star, he sits up in bed and gets close to the windowsill. So again, he totally could have reached it. Right? What a jerk. Totally there. But he was like, nah, cat, you, 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 here, kitty, kitty, you got this. Did you, did you also feel like Geppetto's fish was too sexy slash sultry? Yes. Everyone has comments about the sexy goldfish, and I do as well, because that that fish is wearing falsies at all yeah. hours of the day. 
and is very pouty. Yeah. To her. I just realized, are there only two women in this entire movie? Two female characters? The blue fairy and Cleo. Yeah. And the fish. Yeah. Well, are we counting the like, no, they're not alive. I was going to say the, the marionette number with, um, with Pinocchio has marionette puppets, but they're not alive. So yeah, those are the only two females in this movie is the blue fairy and Cleo. And one of them says nothing because she is a fish. Wow. And last and Snow White also only had two female characters and they never even interacted. So both so far failing the Bechdel test. Well, no, the, the female characters did interact in Snow White because I was the evil witch in Snow White. Oh, yeah, they did. And they technically talked about not a man. Yeah. But not Pinocchio. Pinocchio fails the Bechdel test. Pinocchio fails the Bechdel test for sure. It fails a lot of tests. It fails the yeah. racism test because um, when Pinocchio leaves, they send him to school day one, by the way. Literally the next morning. They're like, it's late at night. Get some sleep because you have to go to school. So Geppetto sends him off to school by himself. I'm glad you're, sorry, I'm glad that you're such a, I'm glad that I got this magical son what's the first thing i want to do get rid of you yeah go to school where he runs into gideon the silent cat and honest john um who is the leader in his comic relief and they immediately hatch a plan to sell him to stromboli who honest john calls that old gypsy just calls him that which he's not a good person but I also I also wasn't totally sure if um, Stromboli was actually supposed to be Romani because I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be Italian. He's speaking Italian the entire yeah. time. He is. Was he actually speaking, speaking Italian? Real Italian or was it gibberish? The subtitle said speaking Italian, so oh, I'm going with what the subtitles say. <laughs> I don't know if he actually said any. You know, I could Google this. What did Stromboli say in Pinocchio? I, yeah, I'm curious. Did he did he re- say real words? Uh, it just says like curses in Italian gibberish. So, I absolutely okay. So it is gibberish. It's but essentially it's Italian the... gibberish. So he's supposed to be Italian. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's wow. Fun fun racism. Um, yeah, but he's also awful and that weird. Uh, song he sings is weird. Yeah, the I've got no strings, because the entire thing is him singing that, and then a bunch of very sexual female puppets dropping down and saying some alliteration of "You haven't got strings, and that's super cool." So I would cut mine for you. Wink, wink. Yeah, there were um, uh, puppet whores. I guess they were kind of. It, it was it was very weird. I guess they're supposed to be more like Moulin Rouge type. Yeah, like dancers. the can, there was a one. There was can, the Spanish can, yeah. dancer. There was the the milkmaid. And I mm-hmm. believe that there was the like the Russian doll. But yeah, they were the the whole number was just them being like, "Ooh, hello, hello, sailor." So we jumped ahead a little bit because I did yes. want to go back to to firstly when the blue fairy actually. Um, brings uh pinocchio to consciousness and says her famous line but before we talk about that i just wanted to point out that when pinocchio is dancing he dances crotch first he's very like very hippie crotch is like his um 
center of gravity. So everything moves around it like a weird gyroscope. He was the early inspiration for Elvis. Yes. <laughs> Might as well have been. <laughs> Maybe. Tell me about what What do you want to talk about with the blue fairy? Because I'm not going to lie. I fully like slept through that scene because not literally, but it was just like, what? This, uh. Oh my God. It was so boring. This, that's, that's the other thing. This movie is super boring. Yes. Like kind of Snow up until White. The, yeah. Yeah. All the moments that you remember only make up about 20 to 30 minutes of the of the total runtime of this film mm-hmm. the rest of it is just weird musical numbers and wasting time so i wanted to talk about the phrase always let your conscience be your guide because That's stupid it's a bad phrase it's a very bad phrase and as we can phrase. see if jiminy cricket is supposed to act as pinocchio's conscience he doesn't do a good job of it and often does not guide Pinocchio, but no. just abandons him. Yeah. He offers him no guidance. So I came up with a couple of alternative phrases. Um, more Instead of always more, let your uh, conscience be your ones. Yeah. And some of them are just more accurate to this movie. Uh, so frankly, I really like listen to your cricket. I feel like <laughs> that's the better, better phrase, especially for this movie. Um, education is meaningless trust only yourself yeah that's also the theme of this movie too yeah uh you are your own god (laughs) which i also feel like is the theme of this movie um and admittedly i'm stealing this from uh you know a more famous person but good luck and don't fuck it up yeah it's very much that um it (laughs) Because, yeah, Jiminy Cricket guys does nothing. He just kind of, like, shows up every once in a while to remind him that the decision he's about to make is bad, but does nothing to try to, like, change his mind. Or it's kind of like watching this person that I have um, in front of me who has been trying and failing to parallel park for about three minutes. It's <laughs> despite the fact that there was at least two car lengths worth of room for them to do it in. But it's kind they of didn't listen like- to their cricket. No, they very much didn't. Where like Jiminy just watches him do all kinds of ridiculous stuff, and it's just like, all right, bye. Like the only reason he ends up going, um, the whole thing with um, the Stromboli thing is that uh, Pinocchio's like, I'm going to go be an actor now, and Jiminy's like, well, I guess he doesn't need me anymore. And yeah. then at one point in time, is like, you know what? Actually, hanging out uh, with an actor sounds fun. Like he doesn't go back to him to help him. He's kind of like, actually, that sounds like a cool adventure. And then he goes to catch up with him. It has nothing to do with doing the right thing. It just has to do with. Wait, actually, that sounded like, that sounded cool. Yeah. Everything in this movie is that, like, wouldn't it be cool if this puppet were alive? Bang, now it is. Yes, 100%. Also, don't you hate when your son lights himself on fire and you have to give your fish lung cancer to put him out? I keep telling him that it's just like, eventually we're not going to be allowed in the PetSmart anymore. Yeah. Stop lighting yourself on fire, my little wooden son. A little wooden head. This oh. ugh, just if my kid demonstrated that level of decision making, I think maybe we're not ready for school with other children. I if if I had a puppet and I was like, boy, it'd be really cool if this puppet were real so it could talk to me. And the next day the puppet is like, Hi mom, I'm I'm now alive. My first thought would be, I need to understand more of this. Like, what's, how's your biology? What's your whole like, what's deal? what's going, like, how do I take, do I have to take care of you? Like, what is, yeah. go- 
clearly not do i need to enroll you in school i wouldn't just be like go (laughs) yeah seriously because he has no good decision making as we've noticed he as soon as he comes to life he lights himself on fire yes and then his equally poor decision maker father sends him off to school the next morning where he is immediately like not even a block away like he turned one corner and ran into these two dudes who sold him to a traveling performer what what even is this universe either? i don't understand because why why is this fox, a fox and, and a cat, cat person just walking around in I don't daylight know. and no like, one's saying anything no and jiminy too it's like what did was there some sort of weird collision with the robin hood world where like four of the characters fell off the yacht and they're like well i guess they live here now that's what i was wondering or there was like i i would like to think that there was a um giant talking animal war that occurred in this universe because so far all of the talking animals that we see in the movie are all disheveled they are not true part of the human working class so i think that we had a talking animal rebellion that failed and the humans took over and now they're all homeless and decrepit and um i feel kind of bad actually for the talking animals except for actually he can go jump off a cliff well, because when you look at Gideon and Honest John, for example, at least Honest John's clothing looks like it was once quite nice. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, fucked up because he's been living on the streets for a while, making yeah. making ends meet. Because he also, I might be jumping in if, if there was more you wanted to say about like the Blue Fairy and Stromboli and all that. But when we start getting towards like um, the Pleasure Island thing and what have you, you get the impression that Honest John is like not new in town. Like he knows how this world works. He's very cognizant of who everyone is, what they'll do, what's going on. Like, and he's clearly seen some shit because Pinocchio doesn't even like face him that badly. He's no. like a wooden boy. He's afraid. He's like, what? For a second. But then he's just kind of like, shit, I could sell him. Yeah. It's like immediately he... dollar signs. Like, have yeah. you run into a wooden boy in the past? Or, or whatever. Like what? He's clearly, I wonder, maybe he was like a general, like a high ranking person in this animal war. And that's why he like knows everyone and knows everything and knows that he's got to like keep it good with some of the humans because otherwise like he's going to get his shit kicked out of him for breathing because he's a fox person. So he's like scrapping around making ends meet. So that's why when he sees Pinocchio again, first of all, he's like, shit, you're fucking alive. Yeah. But I want to go, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself even a little bit. I want to <laughs> go this, where I got the theory that Gideon, know, not Gideon, that these two know a lot more about the world and they, they've kind of been around for a while was the meeting they had in that pub tavern with the coachmaster. Yeah. The other human. Yes, with this mm-hmm. guy, where he explains his whole plot of, like, we need to get these delinquent boys. Um, And, yeah, that's it. And when yeah. he says Pleasure Island, Honest John scoots back 600 feet. He's like, Pleasure Island! This is the law! Like, he is upset. Like, he is not happy. And when the coachmaster's like, they don't come back as boys, he and Gideon are scared. They're holding yeah. each other like, oh my god. Like, they fully know, like, they know what this is about. Like, this is not new to them. The whole Pleasure Island scheme, again, this is like a D&D campaign that they're bringing back off the shelves, except a bad one where they're like, oh my fucking God, like everything's about to go real bad. Hey, they clearly know I what's up. Right. I also feel like in general, this movie is is like, it's trying to discourage kids from pursuing the theatrical arts or like anything, <laughs> anything interesting. Um in favor of a strong 1939-1940 German education. So 
take that as you will but take that as you have to that's what uh that's what i was kind of getting the under like that was my impression oh, from this. Oh, 100%. Like, the whole reason that um, Honest John is telling Pinocchio to go with Stromboli is like, you'll be an actor. The theater is the easy road to success. You'll be on easy street. Money, 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 money. And then obviously he's a con man. So we're supposed to be like, and like I said, that quote from that dude where he was specifically like, yeah, you don't want to deal with anything to do with like yeah. theater and vaudeville. And it's it's rude and wrong because vaudeville and the theater are fun, but they make it a huge enemy in this whole they really do and i think it's pretty ironic for a movie that's made by people who animate it like it's an animated it's the it's the theatrical arts and they're saying don't do this but i think about i think maybe at the time especially like we obviously know now because we're much more generous with the concept of performing arts but -hmm. at the time cinema might especially compared to vaudeville might have just been seen as like high art i don't know i'm not from the 40s um, but before I move on entirely from that village, I want to say that there is a two second clip when you're doing the pan over the village where you see a woman who looks like she's walking like five or six swans on ropes. Okay. Were they talking get... swans? Nope. Nope. Just, just swans. Swans on. She's just walking them like you would some dogs. And I, she was only there for like a couple seconds, but I was just like, who, who is this walking swans? Like what? What is this what? world? There is. What? Are they sentient? Because the swan walking combined with the donkey amorphopizing, which I'm about to get into in a second, is like, yeah. with the talking animals, makes some bananas implications for this world. It's, oh God, this world is just so bizarre. This world is oh, bizarre. Something um, something I realized about Stromboli. Okay. Uh, he's also wearing lipstick. He, he yeah. looks <laughs> he like he's wearing like the- He's got a great pout. It's so- it's so beautiful it looks like it's like the barbie mac collection or something like that his lips are so pink he's also extremely honest with pinocchio because i will say at one point in time after he locks in the cage he looks him right in the eyes and yells at him to me you are belonging he's straight up like nope you're an item Mm -hmm. deal with it so i also noticed um when when uh pinocchio and jiminy cricket were escaping from stromboli Mm -hmm. there was a sign that you see outside called the red lobster so just calling out the very first red lobster the very first red lobster also i will fully say that we skipped over the nose growing portion of the movie gosh we did that was the other thing that i put in my notes is the uh when the blue fairy i zoned out of that one too that's why it's not in my notes i'm sorry please tell me your notes because i have none (laughs) Okay, so yeah, I I was super confused about the scene because talk about things that we all remember from the story of Pinocchio. This is the only moment in the yeah. entire movie where his it nose grows. One time. It happens one once, time. And the and whole he scene immediately is like, learns the lesson. Yeah, and the whole scene of him of the nose growing thing is under like two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. It's extremely short, that yeah. segment. And his nose so for those of you who don't remember the scene but kind of have like a vague recollection of it mm-hmm. blue fairy is talking to him asking him questions he's lying and his nose grows a little about bit about how he bit. got into the stromboli situation instead of going to school yeah and then it grows so long that a bird's nest appears and two birds appear which again going back to pinocchio's biology where did where those birds they? come from <laughs> they fly away were those his kidneys <laughs> Oh my gosh. His organs can just be expended to teach him lessons. I mean, 
I'm kind of wondering that when we get into Pleasure Island, I again, I have very big questions about his okay. biology. How? Okay, what? let's go to Pleasure Island because I've yeah. I think that is half of what I want to talk about. So clearly, Gideon and Honest John know that this is not a good thing, but they kind of reluctantly go to Pinocchio anyway and send him on their way. And this is the last time we see them, by the way. We don't ever see them again. Oh and... yeah, nothing's wrapped up in this movie. There's so no. many plot lines that are not wrapped up. Correct. And here's where we meet who we were talking about earlier. The most obnoxious side character, excuse me, character so far, Lampwick, whose name is Lamp Wick, like the wick in a lamp that you light. Do you get it? It's literal. I don't understand why he's named Lampwick. I am going to name a kid in a movie I animate Light Switch just to be annoying. Am I wrong or is that close to the name of a Pokemon too? Is it a real name? I'm about I mean, to get really real annoyed term. if I do. Oh, I'm thinking of Litwick, but there's a there's a Pokemon that is just a um uh it's it's a chandelier. That's it. That is it is a haunted chandelier. And its name is Litwick. And I always remember it because of uh it sounds like Lampwick, like Oh, such a bad name. It's such a dumb name, and I even Googled it trying to see if there was anything. And first of all, it is not a real name uh, or a real word, because I Googled it, and the only thing that comes up is Lampwick, the kid, from the story. Which, is this a child? Because He is supposed to be an older boy, so I'm guessing based on his age, I'm assuming he's probably like 15. 14, 15. Yeah. And they... He doesn't have an actual age or anything. Like, I don't see he it do- here. He doesn't have an actual age. He's definitely, like, drinking. I think he might just be a short adult that they accidentally thought was a kid and then they kidnapped him. But would the spell work on adults or does it only work on kids? Okay, well, let's get... Okay. Well, <laughs> so, well okay. Wait. Yeah, let's let's take... Let's let's pick it up when um, all of the children are getting shipped to Epstein Island because Pleasure <laughs> Island... Has this a is- lot of problems involved with it. Yeah, this this feels like some type of timeshare scam to go to Pedo Island. It really does. And there's, for, like, okay, I want to look it up because I didn't write them down. Um, there's different zones of this place. Yeah. Like when, when they come in, there's like, go to this place and there's this row and that row. And the one that I picked up on that I remember from being a kid was Tobacco Row, which has a yes. bunch of extremely racist Indian statues who are throwing handfuls of cigars to children because the Indians are known for their tobacco. You get yeah. it? You yeah, get it? Native American smoking smoke peace pipe, as we will soon hear in Peter Pan. Yeah, it's... it. I. Oh, it was so wild. And the rest was, the rest was weird. Like, obviously it had like the big pool hall and it had the, like, the, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was called like Destruction Row or whatever it called. Yeah, you could just smash stuff. Yep, you could smash it. There was a place devoted specifically to fighting. Like, yeah. And then when the gates close. The Ooh, by the shadow people the by shadow the shadow people? people that i have not figured out if those are supposed to be like slaves or if those are supposed to be like d- dark magic beings from the island but when they close the island he says give a boy enough rope and he'll make a jackass of himself before long 
Yeah. And I understand. I understand what this totally. phrase means. But also, you guys are putting them in those situations. <clears throat> right. Like, I, 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 again, like, it's not to say that these kids are probably good kids. Like, they're, yeah. they're clearly, like, assholes and dickheads. And they are not the kids that you want to hang out with. But I don't necessarily know that they deserve what's coming to to them. Because after we see them all fighting and smoking and drinking and fighting and smoking and drinking and fighting and smoking and drinking, it gets real quiet. Mm-hmm. And we see Jiminy, who has once again abandoned Pinocchio, mm-hmm. trying to find his way off the island when he sees a big old cove cave area full of shadow people and very upset donkeys that are still wearing clothes clothes and some of them are in crates that are labeled as i've said earlier like circus and salt mines so they're clearly being shipped off for labor and they grab these these things throw them to the dude and he asks them what their names are yes and when they go he throws them into a crate to go off and when the one through tears and sobs tells him his name is alexander and he just wants to go home to his mommy he gets thrown back to get turned into more donkey this so i mentioned how this movie scared me as a child (laughs) this was this was like one of the sequences (laughs) this entire um pleasure island sequence was because it's animated so dark like yeah a lot of black blue like dark blue tones and then on top of it you're basically watching i think sex trafficking is happening like what are they doing with the donkeys that can talk are they sending them to donkey shows i think that they're sending them back to the island to not talk anymore (laughs) you're not quite done yet we need you to i know (laughs) we need you to cook more Well, because I'm, 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 I brought up the clip um, on YouTube and I, I'm looking at it right now, just kind of watching yeah. it through. And it's interesting because you're pointing out, I'm watching it right now, like the, the, the um, they're running in right now and I see the carnival and normally this would be really animated and extremely bright colors. It would be very mm-hmm. vivid and very, very um, inviting. And you're right. There's like lime green and bright magenta, which are extremely unnatural colors. And it looks like it's been thrown through like a, like a tungsten filter it's extremely dark for something that's normally thematically extremely fun. Yeah. And that really, really lends to the fact that if you're in, like, especially as an adult, when you're paying attention, when I kid, I didn't notice it, but as an adult, you're kind of like, something's wrong. Yeah. It looks, this isn't wrong. right. Yeah. It's too foggy. It's too dark. It's too off kilter. And then, you know, you go out and find this and then here comes the scene, which really freaked me out. Even just watching it, this I have a massive, massive procrastinator. I watched it this morning. Um, and it's when Lampwick starts to turn into a donkey in front of Pinocchio. Yes. Now, I think at first it's just supposed to be kind of like a woody thing because you see the good moral boy uh, Pinocchio put down his cigar and his beer because, of course, he's learning to not be a beast of burden After from that. Drunk. <laughs> exactly. But then once Lampwick realizes what's going on, and he looks in the mirror and starts having a psychological breakdown and flailing all over the room. That was upsetting to me as an adult. Because I'm thinking from both perspectives. I'm like, number one, 
you're, this is happening to you. And as you are begging for help, your ability to communicate is taken away from you. And you know, nothing good can possibly be happening from this. And on the flip side, this is your first day on earth. And this person that was your friend for a couple minutes is staring you in the eyes, pleading with you to save their life. And then they turn into an animal. Mm-hmm. And then you notice it's starting to happen to you. What the fuck is so, going on in this movie? So, I was so upset by this. I was upset by it too. And I had some thoughts on Lampwick. I I think that Lampwick is actually, I, I, I said before, I think he's he's a man. I think that he's 38 years old and he's is just he short. lampy and he just escaped from the, he was the eighth dwarf. <laughs> yeah, he might have been Lampy the Eighth Dwarf. I I think that um, I don't know if you're familiar with this serial killer named Pee Wee Gaskins. This I is a guy. Am okay, vaguely, but for our listeners who are not as obsessed with true crime as I am, <laughs> yeah. For <laughs> for our listeners, um, look up Pee Wee Gaskins. He or don't or don't. But he did a lot of really horrifying crimes. Um. I think it might have been in the 1930s, 1940s or so in that range. And he was a very, very short little person. So my theory is that Lampwick is actually Pee Wee Gaskins, was a horrible person. That's why he got picked up and brought onto his island. But then what's super perplexing to me is when he turns into a donkey, one of the things or a couple of the things that he says is I've been framed. Yes. And I've been double crossed. How how is turning into a donkey physically equate to being? That's what makes me ranked? wonder about his history because it's kind of like that's his panic response is just to start yelling those things. I'm like, what have you been up to? Number one and number two, I hate to rain on your thing, but in 1940 when Pinocchio came out, Pee Wee Gaskins would have only been seven years old. Okay, so it was a little bit little bit later than that. It was a little bit later. He was born in 1933, and he. Uh, let's see. He had a long history of criminal behavior. He was an American serial killer from North Car- from South Carolina. I can read who shot who. <laughs> he was an American serial killer and rapist from South Carolina who stabbed, shot, drowned, and poisoned more than a dozen people. Yeah, I still think he like maybe actually maybe Lampwick inspired him. Gaskins was <laughs> Gaskins was small for his age and immediately gained the nickname Pee Wee. As an adult, he was between five foot four and five foot five, which is how tall I am. Yeah, before a guy. I know, I know. But I'm just yeah. pointing out for listeners as a great visual, I'm five foot five because that's going to help them to really get a sense of this height at home when they can definitely see me. Definitely. And speaking of other visuals that our our listeners can't hear, um, when Lampwick is getting turned into a donkey and Pinocchio is watching him. Pinocchio makes such an amazing face that I'm very surprised that this never caught on. It is a a pretty intense face. It is a memeable face of like, yeah, he actually gains uh, like smile lines on his face. He gained the smile lines when he inhaled the cigar. I noticed like as soon as he started looking real ill about the face, he suddenly got like lines in there. Yeah. Don't don't smoke cigarettes or cigars. It'll age your wood. Yes. Pinocchio also... Going back to the biology, Pinocchio has a pink human tongue that he's able to use. Like, he licked something earlier he in the did. movie. And, and when he, Pinocchio himself 
starts turning into a donkey. How is he able to grow a tail and and ears? And they're not wooden tails or ears. These are organic. Organic donkey tails and ears. I'm sorry, I got stuck in a really, really horribly inappropriate joke that I came up with in my head and I have not been able to move on from this. It's okay. If it's terrible, we can cut it. What I said was if you inhale smoke and blow on someone while you're giving them a blowjob, is that a smoke sausage? <laughs> no, keep it. Keep it in. I really like I really like that joke. If you inhale smoke and then give someone a blowjob, is it a smoke sausage? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. Thank you for saying it because I definitely just I squeaked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I that got stuck and that was bouncing around my head like a pair of um wooden ears. Um and I wooden donkey ears. Wooden donkey ears. Yeah, I think even as a kid oh, I'm better now. I think that even <laughs> I think even as a kid I had that question because I wasn't like the world's most observant child, but I was also kind of like they make a big deal about how he's made out of wood. Yes. And how he's not a real boy. But there's so many yeah. interactions where his physiology would lead him to have some real boy innards. So I, there's a little bit of an explanation for this, but it doesn't thoroughly explain everything. And that is because when they were coming up with the design, the animators wanted to make the initial drafts of Pinocchio looked much more like a puppet, an actual mm. puppet. But apparently Walt Disney was like, what the fuck? That's weird and uh, creepy and ugly and no one's going to want to sympathize with it. And then he basically said, well, why don't you just draw a little boy? He said, uh, here we go. Young and upcoming animator Milt Call felt that Thomas Johnson and Moore were rather obsessed with the idea of this boy being a wooden puppet and felt that they should forget that he was a puppet and get a cute little boy. You can always draw the wooden joints and make him a wooden puppet afterwards. I actually would have preferred this movie if it was a wooden pupper. I agree. But yeah, um, after that, they like tested out the scene by like giving him the hands, um, giving him the hat, like the smile. And then they just gave him like the weird little joints and then that obviously fake nose. Hmm. Um, And then Walt Disney was apparently happy with the character design. So they they basically did what that guy was like, was like, make it a kid and then just add a couple little hither and yon things to be like, it's not actually a kid, but it's a kid, but it's not a kid. It's, It's it's. it was basically Disney doesn't like this, so we need to change it, and they did. And I think yeah. that explains a lot of why he is basically just a a kid and yeah. does all kinds of kid stuff, like lick ice cream despite being a marionette. And that also that's the same um, reasoning behind why Jiminy Cricket looks the way that he does, because mm-hmm. the original animator was drawing him as more of an actual cricket, and Walt kept telling him to change it and change it and change it until he's just this kind of weird bald man without a nose yep a little man with an egg head and no ears said the wiki jiminy was a cricket because we called him a cricket said kimball wow yeah so because the original character and design was a cricket but then over time it got like in the same way that it's like yeah he's supposed to be a puppet but he's basically a kid now so that doesn't answer the question as to why he grew an ear or tails it just answers the question as to why he's so kid like he's basically a child like he looks and behaves like not a puppet but we we never get an explanation for what this whole pleasure island operation was about it's literally just that yeah 
right? I mean, like we clearly understand that the operation is for trafficking children to become slaves. So that's what that is. But like, how did the, like, this again comes back to this talking animal thing. Like, do, are talking animals born or made? Are they made by like bringing them to, the, them to one of these magical islands and then taking them off when they're in that stage that Lampwick was in when he was still walking around and talking before he like, you know, there was a point yeah. where he, yeah, like, do they just take them off the island at that point where they were like, all right, you're enough to be a sideshow attraction off you pop. Like, is that how they were made? Like, I'm not understanding this because again, this whole universe has really weird implications, especially with this animal making magic involved, because now it's like, what in the hell are these other talky thingies? Like, what, 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 why, why? Do you, do you think that the blue fairies are behind all of the magic that's needed to turn this into you know, needing needing to turn humans into other things or creatures into other creatures, basically bring to life to something. And there is a shadow government that took many of the blue fairies and popped them onto this pleasure island and is now forcing them to change children into donkeys. Boys, really. None of the little girls seem to be kidnapped um, against their will. Because the blue fairy does not like something. Something else that I noticed is uh, at the in this stage where Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket escape Pleasure Island, blue fairy doesn't actually show up herself. Like she basically like leaves a note. <laughs> yeah, she leaves. A, she leaves a calling card. But before we move off that, I read. Um, I'm on the evil wiki for a page for pleasure island and under origin it says in italy where the original story was written the donkey is a symbol of stupidity Mm. the moral behind pleasure island is that little boys who scoff at education and moral codes set forth by their parents preachers and authority figures and instead engage in jackass behavior such as fighting vandalism and underage drinking are often destined to grow up to become men who have no option to make a living except through back-breaking manual labor and there are plenty of people in the world like the coachman who will take advantage of that mm. and i mean it, that makes it a little more complicated and i hadn't read that because that's basically it's turning it into a weird different kind of moral where yeah. instead of being like ah, ah, ah don't be naughty it's more like listen if you waste years of your life being debaucherous and then you try to come back and make a living you're not going to have a whole lot of options and these people are going to take advantage of you because they know you don't have options i guess that makes more sense or maybe but I'm just reading it nicely. I mean, it just doesn't come across in the film. Like, there's it, a lot of stories oh no. that are tried to t- teach in this film. And maybe <clears throat> it's also our, you know, we're looking at it in the year 2023 instead of, like, 1940. So our perspective on education and what's considered debauchery and what's considered mm-hmm. reasonably, you know, enjoying yourself is very different. It's, it really, really is. And uh, last thing from the evil fandom wiki, it says um, the true purpose of Pleasure Island is eventually revealed as it begins to transform the boys into donkeys, apparently by means of a curse. So that might just be one of those in-universe things where it's like it was cursed a while ago, which is not a great explanation. But yeah, yeah the way that we're reading it, I think, is from our generous 2023 point of view, because especially when you couple it with that quote I read earlier, where it was like, yeah, don't waste any time, you know, enjoying yourself, grow up to be productive and feed yourself to the wheel of capitalism. It's like, that's not maybe how they wanted to come across. They clearly wanted it to come across as like, if you just do any of this stuff, like these were again, kids, like, I think that Lampwick is probably 
15 or 16 years old. This is my personal guess. And like, not to say it's a good thing, but like kids at that age try cigarettes and they get into fights sometimes and they do weird shit. And it's yeah. not to say you should indulge that, but it's kind of like, uh, I don't, I don't know that you, 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 uh, discipline, you need to be kidnapped. Yeah. And also kids don't have as much of a sense of, um, of boundaries and what's actually good for them or what's going to negatively affect their health. So of course, if you're going to put a child in a situation where they have unlimited access to all of the vices that they enjoy and are told not to do, they're going to take full advantage of it. And then you're going to punish them for literally being a child. It's, it's very frustrating. (laughs) That's, that's what Pleasure Island is. Pleasure Island is frustration. (laughs) It is frustrating. And then after all this, there's still more of this movie to cover. This movie is so long, you guys. After all this, they managed to escape. By the way, a total fluke that they managed to escape. There's no, like, we have to escape the guard. Somehow Jiminy Cricket, who didn't know how to get out, suddenly knows there's one way off the island. Um, And so they, they go and they jump. And then they just jump into the ocean and then they yada, yada, yada the whole thing of him, like, swimming across the Atlantic again to get back home. Where, as I said in my summary, they get home to realize that the other shark jumper in the fucking family has gone not only to look for Pinocchio just in the town, which is where I would go, but he has fully either purchased or chartered a ship, taken his cat and his goldfish, and gone on a seafaring journey to look for a puppet made out of wood that floats. How much time has actually elapsed in this movie? Because when I they... do not know. When they go back to to the house um, and Geppetto's workshop mm-hmm. and they look in the window because they notice no one's home, there is so much dust and cobwebs yeah. and everything that it makes it seem like Geppetto has been gone for literal months. Yeah. And when they're in the in the thing and it's and we see that, you know, Geppetto and company are starving to death in the belly of a whale, he says out loud that they haven't had any food for days. So that implies yeah. that they've at least been there for days. And he also mentions to Pinocchio later on that. He knows that the monster only opens his mouth to feed. So they've been there long enough to know that this is their food cycle and this is how it goes. So they've been gone for a while. And then, as you said, where have they been all this time? Because that adventure with Stromboli was one night. This implication that this Pleasure Island thing is like one night. Yeah. Pinocchio was gone for maybe three days. Yeah, I'm going to give them the benefit of one extra day for like getting lost. Yeah, and traveling the Atlantic because traveling you know, the Atlantic. Yeah, he didn't have you know time. he can't fly. No, yet. How does a cricket breathe underwater? <laughs> Things I didn't consider until now because I the explanation for Pinocchio not needing to breathe underwater was that he's made out of wood, and I was fine with that. Yeah, except for his weird little like. Okay, do the donkey ears? Can he hear through them, or are they purely vestigial? Because if he can. Why don't they get flooded with water? You know, wh- what? <laughs> he has untreated wood also. I don't know how salt water and untreated Pinocchio wood works together along with like donkey fur, but I feel like it's pretty gross. Ew. Yeah, I'm sure it's not a wonderful feeling, but I'll, I'll give Pinocchio the benefit of the doubt because he is uh, he is tunnel visioned himself on a mission to save his father. So he's probably not distracted by like, oh, that feels weird. But yeah, I do wonder about, again, like, can he hear through them? Or are they just, like, I wonder if maybe Pinocchio wouldn't have been better off turning partially into a donkey, because then he would have at least been carbon-based and made out of flesh and blood. Yeah, I feel like the transition from um, wood to 
human would be worse than going from donkey to human because like you don't have to grow all of your internal organs or replace the ones that might have apparently flown away speaking of people making terrible decisions my mother just sent me an article on why we shouldn't be eating the mature block broccoli florets and instead we should be eating broccoli sprouts it's like this is the kind of decision making that ended up geppetto in a whale i don't want to get too much on the the tangent there but i'm kind of upset about the micromanaging of vegetable consumption that is starting to occur because that feels very like how much of your life was your parents telling you make sure to eat your broccoli because it's very healthy to you but now they're like but no not that type of broccoli yeah this is very much like do this thing no not like that yeah there's a whole last article now about why you should be eating broccoli sprouts anyway i'm i'm gonna get mad about vegetables um yeah so that's what happens in this movie and then by the way so let's just be generous and say that for some reason we all fell into a time warp and geppetto's been gone let's give him two weeks i'm gonna give him two weeks yeah i'm gonna give him two weeks he why has is there so zero- much dust in the house i think i i'm not even no fair i'm not even gonna talk because <laughs> i don't know but i'm just gonna be like okay maybe he's like really dirty or maybe you know what maybe it's the dusty season and up the window open i don't fucking know but he's been in there the implication is for days and he's like, it's hopeless. We have no way of getting out. Pinocchio ties a rock to his tail, walks to the whale, gets inside, and immediately is like, I have an idea. And it works. And it is the stupidest idea. Was there... Are whales full of air? Because... I don't... I'm so stuck on I I know I know this is an animated movie and and any of the four listeners out there are probably screaming right now about how it's animated it's Disney none of this matters why are you so tied up on the realism of it and people it's because without that we would not have a podcast but I just I want to understand how do you survive in the belly of a whale apparently they are blimps are whales underwater blimps Thank you for I, coming to my TED Talk. I just I just Googled our whales full of water and I didn't get anything. <laughs> Probably because no one like me is stupid enough to actually try Googling. Is there is there air in a whale? People apparently ask this question and they don't get answered. They well, just answer things about lung capacity. Yeah, well you can't you can't have a fable about Jonah and the whale, and you can't have Geppetto being stuck in a whale. And any of the other times that we've seen in media, people are stuck in whales. They're always just these massive hollow pockets of air i wonder if that might be in the same way that like underwater caves only have water to a certain point and like how watertight doors on old ships were not actually meant to be waterproof but were meant to help maintain buoyancy Mm -hmm. like to maintain that upper air pocket i wonder Mm -hmm. if that's kind of how it is like there's that little upper air pocket in there because of air water hydrodynamic i don't know how these things work i'm using a lot of really fancy sounding words like hydrodynamics and watertight doors but i'm I'm guessing is that a real thing whatever if any marine biologists out there could tell us how likely it is that you could live inside the belly of a whale and how much h2o makes up a whale i would personally love to understand um and if you recommend taking a holiday inside a whale i would also what are some tips give me your travel tips yeah, how much does um, it cost to charter a boat to the center of a whale? Specifically to the center of a whale. Yeah. Um, you might have to ask for a seahorse. But <laughs> I, I, I'm still stuck on the fact that he shows up and in two minutes he's like, oh, I figured it out. We'll just light a giant fire, make a bunch of smoke, it'll clog up his air passages, and it'll just us out. 
does this go back to how Geppetto must be drunk slash stoned all the time for him not to like figure out a way to get out of a whale's mouth he brought a supply to the whale's mouth that's why they're all starving i don't know because yeah he the second pinocchio gets there he's like we're just gonna die in here it's hopeless and pinocchio is like nah sneeze yeah i got it and then predictably uh Geppetto did point out that it made him mad. I'm like, yeah, you set something in the belly of a living being on fire. Of course he's mad. We also get a little bit of a an insight into how Geppetto has been living in this whale yes, because he's been catching fish and apparently cooking yep. the fish. So he's already been lighting like little fires inside the whale. Is that heartburn for the whale? Like, how does it? Or does or do they not even know? Or does the whale not even notice? Or, or is it just more like, huh, that's that warm glow again? Ooh, ah. I feel so nice and warm now. I'm so glad I ate that man. I've never felt right, like, these feelings before. Yeah, does all he get is like a toasty little glow in his gut? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because he's clearly not been bothered by those little baby flames. Because he's only bothered by this massive bonfire that these two decide to start. Yeah. I, okay. Once again... We are about to come up on the climax of this. Um, and the, we're 183 minutes into an, uh, it, we're, we're, we're 83 minutes into a 90 minute movie. Yeah. 10 minutes to the end of the movie is when we get our big villain reveal and the uh-huh. actual climax like actually uh-huh. starts. Yeah. Like all of these were like mini bosses that weren't even relevant. Stromboli, the coachman. Yeah. None Honest of that John and Gideon were just weird NPCs that you needed to bypass to get to m- monstro yeah monstro and also it's kind of weird that like pinocchio's um it did did pinocchio learn to be an arsonist while he was on pleasure island is that how he learned this like how does he come honestly, up with this plan honestly now that you mention it that does seem like a good place to learn how to make a molotov cocktail yeah you know what else i want to challenge the marine biologists that are absolutely listening to this this podcast to to answer Okay. Do whales sneeze? That is a great question. I don't know if they do. And like, what is an internal sneeze like? Because this is a sneeze that started from inside of your stomach. I imagine it. Yeah, I imagine he's mostly just. Sneeze? I mo- I mostly imagine he just probably burp, wouldn't he? He'd be like, Bleh. I think it would be a burp, or either a burp or vomit. Is a vomit actually a probably tummy barping? Sneeze? Actually, oh, gross! I think a burp so much cuter. Burp is a tummy sneeze, yeah. That's so cute, though. <laughs> when someone burps, just say, oop, you tummy sneezed. That sounds like something that you tell toddlers to say instead of burp. <laughs> Don't okay. say burp, it's rude. The The actual climax of the movie occurs Yes, yes, we are running up on time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. And so, this whale sneezes them out, which predictably ends them in bad shape, because you're just blown out of a hundreds-pound creature at a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And in the process of getting Geppetto to shore, Pinocchio dies. Four minutes before the end. Yep. Geppetto also nearly dies four minutes before the end. Yes, he does. He does. Which is why Pinocchio has to save him, because not only does he get completely eaten by a whale, he just then gets rescued and is like, well, that's all, folks. Once again, does Pinocchio have a human heart? How? does this wooden creature die of exertion yeah how does he die i don't know either but you know what i also don't know how because then i don't know where in the world they are by the way 
But like somehow Geppetto then just like takes this wooden puppet home and has a vigil for it. Yeah, he really should have contacted the seven dwarves to get a nice little uh, crystal coffin built because it would make more sense to put a wooden boy in a crystal coffin than a human person. Girl. Yeah, right. It does make more sense. But just to make it all worse, the blue fairy comes back to once again be useless because now she decides that after he like literally just created the world's biggest cyclone in this man's life she's like well what if i actually made you real and allowed you to get into way more shit mm-hmm. what what why i i also want to just mention a quick detail um of that entire giant fight scene with monstrous and, and monstro and all of that mm. uh the sexy fish stays in her um what is the word? Bowl. Bowl. Yes. The sexy fish stays in her bowl from start to finish in this movie, despite the fact that they were in the ocean. And at any point, she could have in- experienced the joys of swimming being in, the ocean. in the ocean. Yeah. She decides to stay in her stupid little fish bowl. Which is somehow also still freshwater because she's a goldfish and needs to be in freshwater. Yeah. So yeah, yeah this movie makes no sense in any on any level. No. And then it it took that blue fairy way too long way too long she's like okay only once pinocchio dies will i come back and grant the wish she might be a necromancer oh she's the one who borrowed the evil queen's book then ah that's the problem that's why the evil queen never had um a callback to to last episode we were talking about all of the evil queen's books yep she never had one for necromancy. Never had one for necromancy, and it's because the blue fairy, I guess, borrowed it. The, the, this movie was ridiculous. I I was upset about this movie. I was also upset that Jiminy Cricket just continued to quit after Everything. the real, like once Pinocchio became a, a real boy, he quits again. He just leaves. He's like, "All right, you, you're we're done here." Yeah, because right. apparently, real boys don't need to listen to their crickets. No, they don't. They just need to let their conscience be their guide uh all right galley before we sign off uh recommend or do not recommend do not recommend i hard same you just heard me complain about this entire movie and that the one poor portion of it that was interesting was super traumatic and uh i guess what was your favorite part slash thing so my favorite part slash thing is figaro i think figaro (laughs) was the absolute best part of this entire movie because that cat is trying his hardest to do everything. He even survives an entire, like, swimming in the ocean, being stuck in the belly of a whale. He has to deal with this old stone drunk man and all of his shenanigans. He somehow just keeps the entire family together. And he's a kitten, so he can't be older than, like, six months old. So cute. He he deserves to be a real boy. So kitty. Yes, he does. Uh... We'll figure out was going to be my favorite part. Okay, uh, my second is going to be your favorite part. We can still. I had a, I had a close second runner up, which was Honest John and Gideon. I actually they're really annoying, but I I do find whoever the actor was for um for Honest John was I liked the quality of his voice was very charismatic, and the character to me was just kind of like it was it was easy to understand. It was like some guy who clearly made a bunch of bad decisions went like lost all of his money or some shit or you know after the war was just hard on his luck and is just Mm -hmm. skulking around doing whatever he can to get his next meal i'm like you make perfect sense to me in this movie that makes no sense i'm like i got you yeah got you man yeah weirdly their existence 
works in it does this bizarre universe oh my god it does and uh what is the next movie that is a very good question i'm literally googling it this is all i seem to be doing <laughs> uh, okay our next one okay our next one is fantasia which i'm not gonna lie i am not that excited to watch is it yes it is fantasia was released in uh november of 1940 november 13 1940 pinocchio was released february 7th of 1940 this this is starting when the movie this is when the movies all start kind of kicking in at an extremely fast speed okay oh wow Mm -hmm. that's interesting for some reason i was thinking it would be the three amigos but that doesn't happen until or the three caballeros but that's 1942 1944 Mm-hmm. yeah that's not that's for that's a little while away and i'm also not looking forward to those because honestly that entire like era of movies i looked up the whole list like right i am you can come at me if you want to i do not want to watch any of these i don't want to watch saludos amigos i do not want to watch the three caballeros i do not want to watch make my music i don't want to watch fun and fancy free i don't want to watch melody time and i do not want to watch the adventures of mr ichabod and mr toad i'm like not like i'm gonna have to find ways to entertain myself like galley has been dying to tell me about defunct land because it apparently is it's relevant to snow white but i keep telling her to hold on to it because i'm gonna have nothing to say about these movies and i'm going to need to fill time yeah the so this is considered part of the i believe the golden age of disney films all of those films that you included are part of it and they're the they're actually the package era the package era the package era they were a shortened package animated features Um, oh i see yeah it says even here on imdb these six films feature a combination of shorter, packaged animated features that lack the staying power of the more feature-quality pictures. And although very entertaining, they are largely forgotten when compared to Disney's earlier and later films. Should we just skip the package era and go directly to the silver era with um, friggin' Cinderella? I... I think that if we do, I would like to go back to the package era um mm. because i do think that it would be an interesting watch i think so i'm, I'm literally I think trying to like... get out of watching them no that's fair because these ones oh the three caballeros are 71 minutes long i was thinking that they were slightly shorter because that's the thing they they are, are most of them bit. are yes the little amigos is 42 minutes yeah. the three caballeros and make my music and actually the rest of them are all kind of long they're all like, yeah they're all longer than an hour i thought they were all like 45 minutes i was thinking so too Jeez. but fantasia is going to be Oh my the god! The longest for a while is a an hour or one hundred twenty four minutes. Two hours and four minutes. Yeah, that might be a two parter. That might oh. be a two parter. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. That is the next one, so let's see how it goes. Like, I'm just for for our listeners, we're at a hundred and not hundred. We're at an hour and thirteen minutes right now, and our goal is to keep our episodes below an hour and fifteen. So if it looks like we are coming up on crunch time on Fantasia, we'll split that one up into two. Some of those vignettes, though, I don't have a lot to say about them. Some of them are not as interesting. Some of them I have a lot to talk about. Some of them are just kind of like, you just wanted to make this long. That's fair. Yeah. But speaking of wanting to make things long, Pinocchio and his nose only occurred once. And I really want the listeners to remember that that was the smallest part of this movie. And And one of the the things that we most remember. Yeah. Like the biggest inside joke of this movie is don't lie or your nose will fucking grow. Yeah. And have birds. Also, it will take your birds that might be your kidneys. We don't know. See, this is just going back further into the trafficking thing. They've clearly seen a wooden kid before. They know what he's up to. They know what he's good for. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have nothing else. We both don't recommend. We both had our favorite films. Uh, Bye until next time. Titanic Talkline was created and produced by me, Alexia. 
Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word, Titanic Talkline, T-I-T-A-N-I-C-T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at titanictalkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's titanictalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!